What's up, everyone? My name is Jess Grace Garcia, and I am a worship pastor, music producer, filmmaker, and it has been at least five years since I've shaved my armpits and maybe three or four years since I've shaved my legs. I haven't really kept track. Nice. I know. I'm proud of me. As you should be. <laughs> How about you? I'm Jack Bates, drag queen, theologian, comedian, and aspiring otter. Aspiring? Why I would you say you're aspiring? Like my chest hair is going to come in any day now. <laughs> so you just haven't quite gotten to that level of puberty. I mean, I have so little body hair that I can count and have named no. my chest hairs. Really? Thelma and Louise. Oh my God, that's so cute. <laughs> I love that so much. Do you want some of mine? <laughs> Please. Okay. <laughs> you don't have any trouble growing it on your face, though. I know, right? It's like, come on, can we transplant some of this? Yeah, the first like beard or ass to chest hair transplant. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to After Dark. <laughs> If you didn't know, if all the moaning didn't clue you in. We are talking about... Body hair. Yeah. So we're just going to dive right into that. I just want to continue this thought around Jack's chest hair. I might I might need to meet Thelma and Louise. They're shy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'll, I mean, it's me. <laughs> also i'm a slut and an exhibitionist yes. so yeah it'll probably happen uh so we already got into this a little bit but what is your grooming regimen like so i have curly hair which i think is like a good like like honestly like really an easier thing than some people with straight hair mm -hmm. except for the frizzy factor that can be annoying. Um, but yeah, it's not much. I, um, I, well, you know what? I, that's a lie. I have put a lot of effort into making sure that my hair is healthy. <laughs> I used to just throw product in it and not give a crap. Um, but mm -hmm. it was starting to thin and like, I didn't feel, it was also before I was vegetarian. It just didn't feel all around like, like healthy or proud of my hair. And it, I'd cut it short as a way of kind of like, Getting it, getting it out of the way, but also as a way of demonstrating my butchness. And I still felt like it wasn't quite doing that. Mm -hmm. um, and so anyway, when I went vegetarian, along with when I met my wife, I learned some things about how to better take care of my hair. Mm -hmm. And I stopped washing it um, basically every day. I used to wash with shampoo every day and it would strip all the oils out of it, which wasn't good. Mm -hmm. um, and then what your, what your hair tends to do is it overproduces oils to compensate for the oils that you're stripping. Mm -hmm. So it took a little while of like, you know, gross hair, like a few months of like, just like trying to get my body to slow down on the production of oil. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, now I only wash my hair like um, once, a, once a month. And, and um, that doesn't mean I don't, 
literally get in the shower and make it wet every day. Um, But I also use what is called like a co-wash, which is kind of like a conditioner and um, it, it, it doesn't, um, it doesn't strip your hair the way that a shampoo does. Oh, nice. And so I've, I've really enjoyed that recently because I've needed a little bit more of conditioning, but since being vegetarian, I would say like two years into being vegetarian, I noticed a big difference in, in my hair health, which was, it's, is pretty cool. Couldn't tell you exactly why, just have noticed. And, mm-hmm. um, I will sometimes put a little bit of a, a light curl scrunch in my hair. And then I, uh, right now, because it's kind of longer, I like twirl it up in a little, I don't even know how to describe this thing. It's like a, it's like a curly metal wrap thing that you can like curl into your hair that, that then holds it. Oh, um, nice. but yeah, I've been using that recently. So that's my, I think that's my hair care re- routine and that's just the hair on my head. So we're not, we're not even getting into the other hairs on my body just yeah. yet. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I have like real fine straight hair. And so if I do nothing, it just like lays down limp and we don't like limpness Mm-mm. for a look Mm-mm. and so like i'll blow dry my hair like when i get out of the shower i've been trying to shampoo less just like everybody else after we watched that one queer eye episode where jonathan van ness told us all to stop washing our hair <laughs> you often. did tell us that on <laughs> queer eye i forgot i feel like everyone at our church at the time was like I only shampoo once a week now. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. I'm I like, I've been doing that for years. <laughs> <laughs> I was the one that was like, I'm just totally that person. That's like, yeah. Back when I like when this band was like first starting, I was really into them. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I'm very much that person. <laughs> like now that everyone's listening, I'm like, there's, they're good. But like, I heard that song three years ago at this festival. <laughs> I'll be straight up. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> so I know what everyone was talking about the hair thing. And that was a hundred percent me in that moment. I've been doing this for years. <laughs> yeah. I still have a long way to go. I think I'm down only to like every other day. Like it's still the overabundance of pandemic was the perfect time for you to do it. I've continued my vanity at an unabated pace during <laughs> pandemic. Like it's only relatively recently that I stopped putting a full face of makeup on for zooms. Mm, that's valid. She's letting herself go a little bit. <laughs> I mean, now that she has locked down man, she knows she don't have to try as hard. That's Hi, ac- honey. That's accurate as hell. <laughs> I can't get over how real that is. <laughs> She is getting that second helping. She is ordering the dessert. <laughs> it happens. That shit is so real. <laughs> I used to try to, you know, more maintain my girlish figure, but now she's a full figured woman. That's the best. <laughs> and like corsets are cheaper than gyms anyway. So I can have my old waistline. Easy. Um, as far as hair below the head, um, 
let's work our way down. Yeah, let's work our way down. I've got things to say about that. I've got pretty considerable eyebrows. I've been thinking about like a more aggressive plucking regimen. Oh, have you? So I can get the like real discernible gay boy arched eyebrow. Mm. The like, you don't have to even use any of the muscles in your face <laughs> for people to know that you're judging them and their choices. <laughs> I'm a little worried that I'll enjoy the pain so much that I'll go overboard and end up looking like those queens on Drag Race without the eyebrows. <laughs> I don't want part of my daily regimen to be st- like drawing eyebrows. Yeah. On. Mm-hmm. Especially because <laughs> with like executive dysfunction, sometimes when I'm doing drag, like I'll forget things. I used to forget eyebrows like a lot. Really? Uh, now I'm better about kind of going down. Now that you're on the meds. Uh, checklist. Yes. <laughs> Medication helps, y'all. <laughs> yeah, for eyebrows, for me, I feel like I'm a... I used to have really bushy eyebrows when I was in high school. And so mm-hmm. I would go and get them waxed um, once I did it the first time. And I was like, wow, these look fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I guess I had enough waxing that eventually like they've they've formed like a good shape of their own that every now and then my wife will clean them up for me and give me more of an arch, but Mm. I'm pretty happy with what I have. I feel fortunate to say that every now and then there's a couple strays. I've literally never done my own plucking. I'm too afraid I'm going to fuck it up. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) so Erica will decide if I need some cleaning and she'll, she'll, she'll find the time to do it. Plus I think she likes causing that little bit of pain. (laughs) little tear just like because i'm such a baby it just like rolls down my cheek i should let august do my plucking just so he could like get his revenge on me for all the jokes that i <laughs> the horrible like, focus jokes. group on him actually he would hate that he's such a sweetheart but, like causing pain to any creature is like not something i don't know let's find out august no. he wants to do <laughs> Oh, except if you cross him, like, they'll never find your body. Yeah. Like, that's oh. the limit of that. Oh, or, we, we, we talked about that. If you cross that. somebody that he loves, like, God help you. Yeah, my wife and, and our girlfriend and I were talking last night about uh, about that because I made the suggestion, apparently, that we would watch a show that um, she would absolutely want to watch. And we made I made the suggestion. I was, gonna, I was just adding it to my list, and um, our girlfriend was like, I really want to watch that too. And I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm adding it to the list. So the three of us can, can you imagine us watching something with the word magic in the title and not watching it with Erica? And she was like, we would be murdered. <laughs> we would be killed in our sleep. And then we told Erica the story when she walked back in the room and Erica was like, oh, I wouldn't wait till you slept. <laughs> and I was like, can you imagine reaction. her? I know. <laughs> Can you imagine her being on the like stand and they're just like, please tell us like, like they know nothing about anything polyamory. So they're just like assuming that something horrible went askew. And so they're just like, please tell us like what happened? What could they have possibly done that, that made you want to kill them? Like they're, they're expecting something real juicy. Mm-hmm. And she's like, those motherfuckers. <sighs> they watch the magicians without me. <laughs> Magicians. 
<laughs> no jury on earth would convict her. <laughs> Because they all know the feeling of when a partner watches something <laughs> without you. And you're just like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> oh, my gosh. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Rabbit trail. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your eyebrows are amazing. Oh. You're blessed and highly favored <laughs> from the rest of us. <laughs> um, oh, nose hair. I, mm. I feel like I should be more aggressive about my nose hair regimen but also i'm like real cheap and like it hurts (laughs) (laughs) you can get the nose hair trimmers i guess but i don't want to buy another thing not when i like could buy another you're kind of hiding it with your mustache though i know right so that's one appeal of the mustache i can get away with it the mustache just keeps going it's also the privilege of being of of being like a dude (laughs) kind of (laughs) like like eh, but you're we're queer so (laughs) who are you calling a dude true sir (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i wonder if you have more privilege than i do in that's in that setting like because as a masculine of center woman genderqueer woman i wonder if i could get away with that as much or if not or less do it with you. nose hair yeah <laughs> maybe but do you know what i mean because because yeah. women in society are expected to be more groomed mm-hmm. than than men in society and you know that i'm only using that terminology because i'm talking about in society in the way that they, that yeah. we're viewed yeah and i feel like in some ways people in the queer community who are men or who are perceived to be men, like mm-hmm. despite like what our actual gender identity or identities are. Yep. Like in some ways we're expected to have the the like femme of us mm-hmm. are expect, expected to have that like aggressive sort of um body hair regimen. It's so true. It's so true so funny to talk to think about like how our hair is reflected because i'll tell you this like i still find like i'm gonna jump ahead down the body a little bit is that okay oh yeah um how so, far down south you going oh i'm going to the major zone <laughs> i i feel like i have met far more queer women and lesbians that will shave everything down there than I ever Mm -hmm. expected. Like I Mm -hmm. expected there to be more individuals who were like, okay, I have a little bit of a strip or I've got like, you know, I've, I've cleaned up or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, or even just more people who are, you know, who just all natural how like me, I just really enjoy my naturalness, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's what I've, that's what I'm, comfortable with that's what i've seen so Mm. it surprised me when i heard that lots of other queer women actually shave it all that is interesting right like and i I think it also reflects what culture i'm in because like more people that i've had more queer community here in la so it's kind of hard to like tell um so those conversations have happened with individuals and i've been like wow (laughs) like like are we just more uh vain here Mm -hmm. in la Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> like, 
That's probably not the only thing going on, but at least that is going on. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you're 100% right. You're right. Like, the beauty standards are so competitive here. Like, it, it it's hard to make it out here mm. as a more or less average looking person. <laughs> We're walking around, like, bumping into 10s and 11s. Everywhere. I literally was driving in Echo Park yesterday, like just driving around the corner and this guy was in like shorts and I was like, am I looking at a fucking angel right now? Like <laughs> what is going on? Like, why is his body perfect? Like what the actual fuck? Right. And I'm like, I mean, like I'm realizing I'm very pan by, but I've always been very like physically attracted um <laughs> to beautiful men but i was just like i i don't even you look like a ken doll i don't even want to like go near you i'd be worried i'd scratch it you know like, <laughs> but he was hairless he was hairless anatomically His, cracked <laughs> yeah. but that's it was like perfect abs it, I, that i didn't know existed on humans uh, like it looked like like a, a 12 pack yeah it looked like a men's health magazine walking down the <laughs> I was just like, this has not been airbrushed. I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, in Echo Park, he probably was a men's health model. <laughs> <laughs> but his chest was hairless. And I and and it's funny because um, as someone who has mostly been with feminine individuals, it's actually kind of funny because I, I really find uh, body hair on on men really attractive mm -hmm. i'm like i'm like yes <laughs> i don't know why maybe it's a doobie-doo maybe it's like something i would enjoy <laughs> uh <-huh>. for myself <laughs> but i think i think it's hot yeah yeah absolutely i was talking with august the other day about how i have like i don't have like one type of person or yeah even guy that i'm attracted to so true I have lots of like different types. Random varieties, right? Yeah. And like those have changed over time. Mostly just have bit had added to them. Exactly. Like, like I know that a lot of like my attractions have been influenced or even like molded for me mm. by culture. Yeah. Like not even just like majority culture, but even like queer culture dominated Truth. as it tends to be by like cis gay white men and what and their version of the male gaze like what they want mm -hmm. to see but like having you know some experiences like it's just uh opened my eyes to the beauty of different kinds of bodies yes than the ones that like media tells me are beautiful even in the body positive mo movement it's it can go too far it can be harsh against individuals who are not curvy you know like those people who are trying to celebrate their curviness and then shit on people who are you know who have a harder time gaining weight you know the people mm -hmm. who who are really thin um just naturally you know and mm -hmm. and i'm always like come on guys like why can't we just like find a good medium you know what right. I mean? Like if you're living comfortably and loving your body, like, like that's cool. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and we don't need to be making assumptions about, right. about each other's health or thinking about, you know, body hair specifically. Mm -hmm. Like how often 
do you know straight cis dudes like say things like oh babe you don't you know like you don't have to wear makeup like you're beautiful just the way you are or you don't have to you don't have to to shave like like for me like like you're beautiful just the way you're and it's like bitch this wasn't for you like (laughs) i wasn't shaving my legs for you i was shaving for me because it makes me feel good Mm -hmm. about myself i've caught myself been in that like with our girlfriend because our girlfriend shaves um her armpits and um and legs whereas me and erica do not Mm -hmm. and um i remember saying something like you know you you don't have to do that and um i mean it's nice i i I, like really enjoy it Mm -hmm. but you don't have to and she was like yeah I do this because it makes me feel better. Like it's, <laughs> it's a better experience for me. And I'm like, I did that thing. Didn't I? Yeah, that was shitty. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> but I think, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've been there. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Cause like I shave my face hair. Um, Mm -hmm. I am Mexican and, um, I very much, um, have, and I probably have like, some sort of um hormonal uh, imbalance who knows um but like i have had facial hair for like since my teens Mm -hmm. and um i got really made fun of for it as Mm -hmm. a teenager um and i think one of the one of the guys in um my my group uh, my very small Christian high school used to say um just g men lee and like part of me actually loved that (laughs) um but also i knew that the source of why he was saying that wasn't because i was a masculine badass Mm -hmm. which is what i wanted it was because i had facial hair going going on very dark on my skin Mm -hmm. and so um i remember when i waxed for the first time and it was horribly painful but i remember just being like whoa and um and so at first when i started removing that hair it was like for like so i wouldn't get given a hard time Mm -hmm. but then i a couple years later i shaved because it was getting really expensive to wax once a month and i wasn't very good at doing it myself at home Uh um and so i started to shave and i had this like really beautiful experience of having the memory of having done that with my dad as a kid mm. my dad like putting shaving cream on my face and like me like sitting on the sink wanting to shave right with him and he like gave me like the plastic um shave without with the covering on mm. the on the thing and like helped me to like do it and taught me how to shave down and yeah yeah i loved it you know like it was like this really special moment with my dad and and so like now shaving for me is like it's hard to put it in words to be honest but it's it's this passing on this like this shared experience that i get to have every morning with Mm -hmm. my dad you know and and even more so like since he's passed Mm -hmm. so yeah it's something that i really it's something i really enjoy um, I've tried to grow it out during pandemic when I wasn't seeing anyone and it was torture. I don't know how y'all do that. It would have been <laughs> patchy as hell. Um, I think I could totally pull off a beard if it wouldn't be patchy. I could, I could push through it, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, but for now, um, it's funny cause I shave my face, but I don't shave anything else. Mm. Um, but it's a demonstration of my masculinity that I really enjoy. 
Awesome. Yeah. I sort of hate shaving. Yeah. I wish I, I wish I could just like by sheer force of will control the length of my facial hair, but I haven't been able to master <laughs> that yet. And like, it's not even, <laughs> it doesn't even take that long. Like it takes me a couple minutes to shave. Um, like unless I'm doing dragon, then it takes quite a bit longer. Like when I am getting ready for drag, like I shave my face against the grain. Yeah. So I do that too. Like it gets even shorter. Like I don't do that as boy or as uh, non-binary, but really helps to get rid of like even the little stub as much as possible. And, you know, like if you don't get rid of that, like it's going to be poking out of your foundation by the end of the night. Mm-hmm. Total feminine fantasy just shattered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. As if I could ever pass, you would see me in drag. <laughs> and that's like part of it for me. Um, like I, even when I do drag, like I don't shave my arms or legs. I used to, but I don't do drag often enough for that really to be worth it to mm. me and like m- a lot of the gigs i do don't pay so it's like you'll get more of the feminine fantasy when i see more of those dollars honey <laughs> and because i live so much more of my life in the like boy slash gender abomination in the middle kind of realm like it's just more worth it to me to leave the body hair Early when I was doing drag, uh, I went to a club uh, back in Chicago, and uh, trans women came up to me, thought I was a, a fellow trans woman, and she was like trying to convince me that I should medically transition. And I was like, mm, "What? No, I don't. No, that's not going to happen." And she grabbed my arm or grabbed is aggressive actually she was sort of aggressive she was handsy (laughs) Um, (laughs) she grabbed my arm and like like caressed it a little bit and it's like come on this is a lady's arm thank you ma'am but (laughs) i prefer to think of it as having a scholar's build thank you very much Oh my goodness! Can't take the privilege out sometimes. I know, right? <laughs> the, the, the learning <laughs> consent still needs to happen. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think that that is probably part of it for me. Like when I keep my arm hair, like my arms appear thicker than they actually are, and that probably helps. You know, like my sort of assuage my uh, sense of fragile masculinity um <laughs> your masculinity isn't fragile the <laughs> I way that not. some people's is for sure i mean one of the things i love about keeping body hair including often like a mustache and stubble like i have now is like keeping them and like doing dress and heels and like yeah makeup like just full like i'm a woman with a mustache deal with it yeah go fuck yourself right yeah i i love that i love that that very visible display of gender queerness that's awesome it's also like when you're wearing 
makeup and so forth and you like you're like very strongly being like like yeah my pronouns are he they (laughs) you know like like Mm. yeah this is me like get used to it he they's can look like lots of different things exactly exactly i think it's just like our desire to go and say like fuck the binary yeah the strong association that we have with like facial hair and body hair with masculinity like it seems obvious to me that part of that is like that you know higher testosterone levels usually cause or correlate like more body hair but is like should we question that like should we challenge that idea that that more hair means more masculinity yeah no i think that that is too black and white and is bullshit like i know plenty of really butch masculine lesbians who shave Mm -hmm. you know and it isn't it isn't necessarily uh like hey guess what i'm more manly you know i'm like i know some pretty like i don't want to use the word that i hate this word i hate the word sissy um i know some really feminine beautifully like gorgeous like men who are very hairy and very berry I love being a sissy. I know you like using the word, <laughs> but again, that's that's the, that's the difference between identifying as someone and feeling comfortable with that term versus someone who yeah. isn't. Uh, yeah, doesn't it identify. is a slur that some of us, yeah, and it, not all of us, have reclaimed. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I think it's cool to reclaim it, though. I love reclaiming mm-hmm. shit. Um, but yeah, so 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 yeah, I, I think body hair is a bullshit indicator of, of masculinity. Mm-hmm. Although I, I think it's just like what so many of those of us that are under the trans umbrella experience is like this, like, why do I want this though? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, does this necessarily make me more masculine? Like for those are trans mask friends, you know, um, to have more hair. Does it feed some need that is more permanent than temporary? Mm-hmm. You know, and all these are real, you know, needs, but it it, it ties so closely to these like norms that you don't want to <laughs> abide by. You want to like break, you know, right. reminds me of thoughts and conversations I've had about clothing. Also, like I firmly believe that dresses are not just for women, they're for whoever wants them to be for them. Mm-hmm. But. And so I don't think that there is anything necessarily like inherently, I guess this is the second point. Like also I don't think there's necessarily anything inherently feminine about dresses as a sort of clothing mm-hmm. form, but also like wearing dresses often helps me to channel the feminine side mm. of myself. Like it's sort of a both and like, it's not, it's not a feminine thing, but because it's, like cultural associations are strongly feminine. It can like be an avenue for us to express and experience femininity and maybe body hair yeah, is the same way. Yeah. I like that. I like that. But I think we all have to go like on a journey 
mm-hmm. to land there. Yeah. I feel like a lot of uh, body hair expectations in the queer community, like very strongly Eurocentric mm. too, in like very problematic kinds of ways. Like some people just grow body hair, facial hair more naturally. Like a lot of it is genetics and that doesn't necessarily mean that somebody's mask for mask just because they right pick up their shirt and looks like they have a cable sweater on right <laughs> <laughs> well and there's some badass women who are you know from the middle east or indian um who have you know full ass like beards that are like sick and they just are mm-hmm. gorgeous they're mm-hmm. beautiful women and they don't necessarily identify as queer Hey, Lavender Mafiosas. As we continue to make fun, sex-positive, thoughtful queer Christian content, we're so pleased by how many of you invite us into your homes to spend some time with us each week. It's like we're part of the same queer, extended, chosen family. And I don't feel like we would really feel like family if I didn't beg you for money. So here goes. Uh, First, we really appreciate those of you who partner with us on Patreon already because we need your support to continue the work we're doing. And there are even more things that we want to do, like build a website, make Lavender Mafia merch, provide opportunities for community online, in person, and to make more podcast content for you all. With what's been going on in our country lately with new threats to queer health and safety all the time, it means more than ever to me to be doing this and I really appreciate those of you who've partnered with us to make it possible for us to keep doing this if you want to be one of these people please consider going to patreon.com slash mafia and signing up to be one of our patrons thanks and don't fuck it up what do you think about the the dynamic surrounding body hair of like natural, like quote unquote naturalness versus like unnaturalness or artifice. I don't know what I think about it fully. I don't know that I know how to like, I know what I want to think. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. What do you want to think? What I want to think is that it's similar to the way that I perceive like trans body choices. You know, mm-hmm. like how we choose to reflect our transness through our body. Like, yeah. um, is that specific enough to not be overly specific? I think so. For some people, it needs to be reflected by utilizing surgery. And for some people, it doesn't. For mm-hmm. some people, they feel comfortable enough in their own, um, in their own skin that they, they, they say, no, this is, this is my my body i'm I'm good and it took a long time for me to like i came way quicker to the idea that queerness was acceptable and loved by god than transness mm-hmm. because i had to get over this bump that you know god made us the way that we are right and i think it's because at that time there, there was just a lot of media around plastic surgery and people altering their bodies in a way that w- felt like it was too far and felt like it was harmful. 
mm-hmm. and doctors that were allowing that to happen. Like, and so I, I, I kind of went to a place of like all in this, like, no, I don't, I don't really agree with that, you know? Mm-hmm. But again, I think like most things, there's, there's a me- there's a middle ground, you know, um, to that. And, um, and so I feel like I want to feel that way about, um, hair kind of similar to the way that I want to feel about like whether or not someone wears makeup, you know, mm-hmm. every day. Um, but it's hard to separate beauty culture standards right? from that. And so for me, I, I want, people to know that that they are beautiful and um and celebrated and loved for who they are but if if shaving makes you feel good about yourself and isn't a reflection of some toxic baggage that you're holding on to then all all power to you you know what i mean yeah yeah. where my mind goes in these kind of conversations are both with body hair and like surgeries, like surgical transition, like this is say like you, you should just keep your body in sort of the condition that you're given it. Like there's a lot of privilege, I think in that, Mm. like to have been born with a body that you don't have any major problems with and that it's easy to be at home in Yeah, is an experience that a lot of us don't have. Right. Whether it's the experience of a trans man or trans woman or the experience of those of us who have like a genetic predisposition towards more hair or less hair than is usually associated more with our body fat or gender not. identity. Yeah. More or less body fat like and like those of us with disabilities yeah like there are a lot of ways in which my body as it was given to me is not a body that it's easy for me to feel at home in yep like i get that i want it to be but when I can't do something that's important to me because of my physical limitations. Like sometimes my body feels more like a prison than a home. And that's not an experience that everybody has. And I think people who like, they have the, like the genitals and secondary sexual characteristics and level of body hair and body fat that they want just without any sort of, medical interventions or anything like that like like good for you like nancy pelosi clap but like what they get to do the rest of us shouldn't have to do i feel like those people are few and far between though like i feel like it's much more common and i think we should be more open to the idea that more people have problems with their bodies than than we think and i think that is because we've put out into the media and into society that there are tons of perfect people out there that think that they themselves are perfect. And, right. and it's just not true. Like I, I can look at a friend of mine that I think is fucking gorgeous for many reasons. And then they can go and tell me 
all the things they put themselves through um, or Mm -hmm. how they think really about themselves. Like, um, and I'm just like sitting there wondering, like, how can you think that you're not beautiful? Mm -hmm. How can you think that you're fat? How can you think that like, whatever it is, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's, it's taken a lot of work. I'm sure this is true for you too. It's taken me a lot, a lot, a lot of time and a lot of work to love myself And every time that in mixed company, I say something about how handsome I am, I will get the mixed response of like, whoa, who the fuck is this? But also (laughs) like a smile of like, that's kind of cool. And I watch them process that emotional, like, is this actually a good thing or are they being cocky? Like, it's a really interesting experience to be like, I'm actually giving you this confidence because it's good for me and it's also good for you Mm -hmm. to hear this. And it helps me to remind myself that I am also beautiful, but I had to do all this work. And so I feel like I'm just now getting to a place where I'm like, yeah, working for a healthier me, which might include loss of weight or might include, you know, me feeling better in the morning, whatever it is, like Mm -hmm. that's not me trying to, meet some beauty standard that's just me Mm -hmm. taking care of myself but having to renegotiate that in my brain every time that i'm doing something like making a choice to eat better making a choice to do exercise and having to do the mental gymnastics of reminding myself that i'm doing this for a healthy reason not for beauty reasons is Mm -hmm. exhausting and i know there are so many people like the majority of people who deal with that same experience yeah yeah i think that's absolutely right and i think that like shows the the falsity of the like natural versus unnatural dichotomy like all bodies are constructed in one way or another like a post-op trans body or a disabled body Mm -hmm. with a permanent or temporary technological uh, adaptations like these are not more constructed than person who spends like hours a day at the gym like Mm -hmm. they're just differently constructed yeah for sure i think we need to be better not only to each other but to ourselves and i think if Mm -hmm. we are better to ourselves about um the way that we're presenting that day or the way that we present in life or um, even when we're just looking in the mirror, Mm -hmm. then we are going to naturally be kinder to everyone else. You know, Um, I I mean, I feel like the common step before that step is kind of this humiliating yourself, but, but pushing other people up saying like, Oh wow. I, I love, um, you know, I love their confidence. Like I love, I think you're, you are handsome. You're totally handsome. Like, yeah, absolutely. But I just don't know how to do that for like for myself. I think I've got this issue and this issue and this issue and this issue. And it's like, yeah, I do too. Like this is, this is work. We have to put in the work Mm -hmm. and then, and then, and then starting, starting work. But I feel like it's always that, that previous step of like thinking other people are beautiful it's an interesting, it's an interesting place to be in because we really lower ourselves 
And I feel mm-hmm. like often the step before that or the step after that, if you go in the wrong direction, can be like over criticism of everyone else. Yeah, absolutely. Which is really harmful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like those of us who are tempted toward like perfectionism, like that's an easy trap to fall into. Like, like I demand all of this of myself. So like, why wouldn't I demand it of you? Mm-hmm. And like that can absolutely go into like body standards as well. We're often talking on the podcast about like, like love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. Also love yourself as you love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And so like, if I, like if I saw me walking down the street, I'd be like, look at that fine piece of ass. Like I'd hit that. Mm-hmm. And if I would say that of like somebody who looks like me, like I should be able to look in the mirror and say, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Got my silence of the lambs quote in. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. At least once a month. <laughs> If you wouldn't fuck yourself, how in the hell are you going to fuck somebody else? Can I get an amen? Amen. Let the music play. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. And honestly, like, I think that's going to always be like my one mission in life is just to help like people to love themselves well, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think we as queer individuals, we struggle with this big time. Especially gay men, you know, but it happens with queer women too. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's unfortunate, you know, like (sighs) it's an unhealthy aspect of, of relationships, you know, and, and it can Mm -hmm. even be unhealthy in friendships, you know, like this is what I display and this is what I put out. So this is what I expect from you, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and we're we're supposed to be building each other up and making each other feel empowered and um and honestly that looks far more beautiful than being perfectly barbied up with no soul. Like Right. You know, like I can see through mm-hmm. all that shit. Yeah, I back when I was single, I talked with a lot of people that I consider to be like significantly more attractive than I am and like somehow not somehow I attracted them with my personality and you know, yeah. little, my looks you're also a very yeah. <laughs> well you're also a beautiful human like outside and inside mm-hmm. and like so so many just like didn't have the depth to hold my interest like there are exceptions like there are gorgeous people who are like well-read and compassionate and like volunteer all the time and like to those people i would just want to say like go fuck yourself to the michaels and the gabriels (laughs) (laughs) my friend michael and my friend gabriel are both like perfect like perfectly looking humans who work hard for it but and they're also gorgeous on the inside like they have angels names yeah (laughs) oh my god you're right (gasps) holy shit (laughs) My brain blown. Leave some of the excellence for (laughs) the rest of us. (laughs) I love that. In a lot of ways, like I am trying to get 
to the place where I'm more at home in my dis- my body as a disabled body specifically. Um, if there were like a pill I could take or an ointment, I could have a handsome man rub on me to make it go away or like a cyborg implant. Like, yes, sign me up right yesterday right um but you know probably that isn't in the cards and so like i want to learn increasingly to like consider myself beautiful and fuckable like in in my disability also like i don't even want to say despite my disability as a disability were something that naturally takes away from the beauty or the sexiness of a a person but i feel like that's why i really like like campaigns um and i use the word campaigns just because you know it, it is um but i really enjoy like uh individuals who accent their beauty and like models who uh who are in wheelchairs mm-hmm. and, and like being able to see past the wheelchair. Um, like I don't, with my wife, I, when she's in a wheelchair, she's still dropped it fucking gorgeous and sexy. Like I don't, I don't stop seeing her because of the wheelchair, but so many other people do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's true for like even my body hair, like the simpleness of like having leg hair. Mm-hmm. Like I wear shorts. I, the first, year of me growing out my leg hair I didn't wear shorts and um I love shorts like some people hate shorts I think you you're not a huge fan of shorts right um I am now them slutty I used to hate them okay okay <laughs> awesome good uh because they look great on you you have great legs Thanks. so for me like I'm like I have great calves and like I thought like oh no this is honest I have great lots of things but like my calves <laughs> are, are I've gotten lots of remarks on my calves and um and I thought like this is going to change the way people view me. And it does. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay because the ones that don't give a shit are the ones I want to, I want in my life anyway, who would actually have a conversation with me, mm-hmm. but it sucks because we, we like judge each other, you know? Right. I will say, here's a funny, here's a funny moment that has to do with my leg hair. You want to hear a funny story? Yes. Okay. Um, actually I should preface and say it is funny ish. There is some consent issues here that I would like, that I will mention that needed to be corrected, but it was, it was, um, it was funny enough. Um, I've actually been surprised at the multiple men who have asked if they could touch my legs. Um, mm-hmm. straight men, apparently quote, quote, unquote, straight men <laughs> who have been like, like really intrigued by the idea that I, that I have leg hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had this one experience with this one guy friend who was a bit tipsy and, um, and he asked if he could touch my legs and he was like, so into it. I was like, this boy is queer as fuck. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> very, very Christian only seems to, to say that they're, um, that they're straight. So I, you know, teach their own, but I was like, it's a phase. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> mm, something's going on. <laughs> this boy <laughs> but like to the point where i basically was like oh didn't expect you to like go all out rubbing my leg like okay i've had enough <laughs> and you're done yep <laughs> consent over <laughs> <laughs> but it was like a really like 
weird and and funny and questionable and like confusing experience because I was just like, what just what just happened? Like, I think my legs just got celebrated by a straight dude or at least one that's professing to be straight. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't the first time. And uh, I I think it was just such a I don't know if I have a point in that story. It's just it was a it was a funny moment Uh for me as a as a queer woman and and I, I i think about like how many straight women are out there that let their hair grow out i haven't met many mm-hmm. and i wish there were more who felt yeah. comfortable enough to try it out like like mm-hmm. i know like you were saying earlier like i i found a man and locked him down and i'm, I'm being loose like yeah there's plenty of like married women who like <laughs> <laughs> who go all winter not shaving their legs <laughs> We're not going to have sex this month, so. <laughs> yeah, which is stupid. It's like, what does hair get in the way of with sex? It doesn't. It can actually prevent chafing sometimes. Yeah. Oh, it's so, so true. Like, I have, um, I've been in situations with where I've had, like, irritation happen on my face because of the way that someone um, groomed, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, I like being able to land on a soft surface. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like back when Just I did in there, you know what I mean? Shave more <laughs> often for drag. Like I hated having no hair in my armpits because like move, moving around was harder. Like I would just get stuck to myself when I got the least little bit sweaty. It was very unpleasant. Mine, I just shaved because I thought that's what girls were supposed to do. And then um, I would like get ingrown hairs or like all of this like painful rashing Mm. and stuff. And then I like stopped doing it one time just because I couldn't. And I just kept letting it grow in and I would wear like I wouldn't wear tank tops like for years and years and years Mm -hmm. because I didn't want people to see that I was growing in my hair. And but I, th- I stopped having painful armpits and that was really nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was just such a simple thing. And I know so many people that just deal with the pain because it's what's expected of them. That's the mm-hmm. shit that I want to stop. Like how many women deal with the pain of lots of things, you know, heels, all kinds of things, but specifically the painful rashing that happens from shaving their legs or whatever, just because that it doesn't work for them. Mm -hmm. Like I used to get rashes like crazy. It just didn't work. I would hope that if I was a straight woman, I would let it grow up, but let's be honest, you know, (laughs) again, it's a competitive market out there. Right. Also, if I'm genderqueer, here's a fun little brain quiz. Because we like to say, like, okay, our transness doesn't have to do with our sexuality, right? And our sexuality doesn't, they're separate, right? But they mm-hmm. do go together. Because I like, was just thinking about this, like, as a genderqueer person, is it possible to be straight? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've thought about that a lot. Because, like, my gayness is really important to me. Mm-hmm. Also, my gender identity Sort of a moving target. So, like, in what sense right. can I be homosexual when usually I don't have exactly the same gender identity right. as my partners? Right. Right? <laughs> I think that's where, um, like, 
instead of same and different, like similar and different are good words become more helpful. Like, like bisexual doesn't mean you're attracted to cis men and cis women or men and women. Um, Like I really liked uh, somebody's definition of bisexuality as like, I'm attracted to genders similar to mine and dissimilar to mine. Like my sexuality has those two kinds of polarities to it. Yeah. I love like, that. I experience those kinds of attractions very differently. Like yeah. both strongly, but like they have a different sort of flavor to them. Yes. Yes. I, I was thinking about this example way earlier for something else, but it applies here. It's like just because I enjoy vanilla doesn't mean that I don't also love Rocky Road. Right. Like there are so many flavors of ice cream and there are so many that I in absolutely adore. Yeah. Or maybe try a swirl or like one scoop of each. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would love a scoop of each. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't often do this, but I want to like think through something on the air okay like see i like doing this <laughs> i like to have everything like i know so yeah that's that's a, a thing that i don't know if anyone catches that for sure because because jack always has zingers always is like prepared with like sometimes it's off the cuff and i'll be like was that off the cuff but like a lot of times jack is very prepared with the with the material that they're going to cover and i am just like hey what's the subject this week? <laughs> like <laughs> Like so, so I process a lot of the times while on mic, but you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think about the material like I revisit it sort of like on again, off again, like the whole time in between recording yeah sessions. Um, and neither is like. A better or worse way to do it it's just what we both individually prefer yeah and i think in some ways it makes our dynamic more interesting that like one of us does the one and the other of us does mm-hmm. the other. It 100% <laughs> does um so what are we gonna thought process yeah, i was with thinking you? about like what you said about looking at a, a disabled person like seeing past their wheelchair like a lot of us Disabled people, like we experience our disability differently and we have different relationships to our assistive devices. Like some of us hate them, some of us uh, were neutral towards them, some of us like are positive towards them. Right. And some of us change like as the day goes on or sure. as our yeah, that's more real, right? <laughs> life goes on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, I, I've been using a forearm crutch more often lately. Like, I have a uh, weakness on my right side uh, after a stroke like 10 years ago. And sometimes I love it because it gives me stability and I still get to use my left hand to hold or carry things, thumb through the dresses at, <laughs> at a store. Um, and sometimes I hate it. Like, right. I'm... I'm tired and like, and I, and I wish I didn't need it or wish it didn't help me as much as it does. Yeah. 
and so like I I wouldn't want somebody to say that they like that they look past it because I feel like like what whatever was meant by it like what I would hear was like oh you're attractive despite your disability yeah that makes sense but I wouldn't want to be like I don't want to be fetishized it about it exactly uh, or for it either like the Netflix show special um dealt with this Mm. really well yeah they did um and about a gay man with cerebral palsy and explores a lot of the intersection of disability and queerness that media doesn't really talk about i don't know how to like thread that needle between like me or like a partner viewing my assistive device as like like extraneous and like unnecessary and like not a part of like who i really am or as like a like a i don't wouldn't want to view it as like really integral to my identity either like i know a lot of disabled people go that way and that's just not how i i particularly go partly because of like how i construe the christian doctrine of the resurrection like i think mm-hmm. my body in the future is going to be very differently constituted uh than the one that i have mm-hmm. now i was thinking of a different uh example uh not physical disability like mental health stuff mm-hmm. one of the things that erica and i used to uh debate often early on was i would say i love you and then when she would be deeply depressed and she wasn't on medication at the time she would say i would say but i'm I'm not a fan of of that little guy that called depression that sits on your shoulder and treats you like shit Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, depression is, is me. It's part of me. It's who I am. So you've got to love it too. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to love the thing that hurts you. I can accept it and I can love all the, the imperfect and beautiful parts of you that make you, you, mm-hmm. but I don't have to be okay with the fact that this thing treats my girlfriend, you know, at the time, like, tr- like shit. Right. Like, and I think my desire for you to have a better relationship with yourself is to, to work on how to help like, um, that this depression, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. is it medication or is it, um, is it something else, you know, like, mm-hmm. is it a, a sun lamp because you, you work at night? Like, what is it? Right. And, and, and we had, we went through quite a few, like, journeys of this conversation over and depending on how depressed she was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a frustrating and hard conversation because I think sure. it was similar to what you're talking about Yeah, yeah. of like, like I don't, I don't love my wife despite my disability. Like this is very mm-hmm. much who like a part of, of her life and who she is in our life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate the fuck out of these devices. Like mm-hmm. I value how they've helped and I've, I've researched different types of devices that will be more helpful for the future and that are, that are easy to pack up and work well in, in our, in our situation. Like, like I, I'm considering going to a summit that's for disabilities uh, in, in LA soon. And, and, and like, 
Like there's so many things that uh, technology has like improved that can help improve her life. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate the fuck out of them. Um, and, and she can, she can judge it up. Like she, she got, she bejeweled <laughs> the fuck out of her cane. She's got like a little skull on it and like, awesome. it's, it's rock star. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like, um, I know you like, I think you, one of your canes is pretty, pretty cool looking too from the last time that I remember seeing it. Oh yeah. The one with the eagle. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like we can like accessorize, you know, and like, mm -hmm. and like do that and they can be, they can be cool all on their own and we can appreciate them, but we can acknowledge that the majority of people don't. And I think that's where that statement came into mm -hmm. play where I was saying looking past because I feel like so many people don't like that was a statement yeah. in that moment, acknowledging that the majority of people cannot see past the cane or cannot see past the arm crutch or cannot see past the wheelchair mm -hmm. or cannot see past the, the physical display of that disability, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And that's really frustrating to me so that 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 mm -hmm. term of see past is more of a pointing at like what people like uh limit mm -hmm. what they see um when i see so much more mm -hmm. so uh, just to I, and i think that that when you're in context like it's like it's like context is super important right because yeah. like in some other context, someone might hear that and hear exactly what I would hear the same thing. Like mm -hmm. we despite like, what the hell? Like that's mm -hmm. some bullshit. Let's dig into that. Um, right. so yeah, I think, I think that's probably like you're saying threading the needle, but I think like, I think like it's pretty clear, um, in context, what someone is, is meaning, you know, mm -hmm. like you can find out if someone really thinks that an assistive device is, unattractive pretty right. quickly <laughs> like yeah. oh i'm you know what like when someone says to me i was really surprised at the voice that came out of you sometimes they just mean wow it did not sound like what i expected sometimes they absolutely mean you do not look like the type of person you do you're you're like in their eyes like you're you're fat you're masculine like none of these things are beautiful and yet the voice that just came out of you was like an angel and that's what they mean right and that's shitty yeah right and some people just mean like whoa like your speaking voice is so low and your singing voice is so high like what the hell that's crazy and mm -hmm. that's okay right <laughs> <laughs> but oftentimes they sound the same yeah absolutely I think I uh, ranted on the podcast before a guy in my church told a, a disabled person of our mutual acquaintance, I don't even think of you as disabled. <laughs> <laughs> it was very like, I don't see color. <laughs> yeah, you're like, no. You I know what you meant. Like, I don't even think of you as a woman. I know. <laughs> I respect your intellect too much. I think <laughs> like I think we this. know who we're talking about so, here, and I experienced a very similar, right. yeah, um, Ugh, encounter. As you were talking, something came up for me that helped me, like thinking of my assistive device as like partly an extension of my own body. Helps me think about how, or helps me process like what 
relationship I want to have to it mm. and what relationship I want other people to have to it. Mm. Like any part of my body, like sometimes I love, sometimes I hate, like there are parts of my body that I like better than others, but I don't want to like lop off a limb, even if it's a limb that, even if it's like, I'm feeling my masculine energy, but I've still got the like lady arms. Yeah. I love now that I have lady arms. <laughs> I don't know that I see lady arms. That's, I don't know what a lady arm is supposed to look like. Yeah. It, it's made up. <laughs> um, but like, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want somebody to like be attracted to me despite like, uh, a standout sort of physical characteristic. And I wouldn't want somebody to be attracted to me like because of a standout physical characteristic either. Like both are objectifying, like the latter definitely more enjoyable, Um, but (laughs) like both treating the person as an extension of the body part Instead of the other way around. Yeah. Like you're a dick with a sort of like heating element attached to it. Like <laughs> nobody wants to be treated like that. No. And I don't want to be treated like a cane. So hot. Well, it's, it's, it, it kind of, I know, maybe this is stretching it a little bit, but, but go with me here. It like makes me think of like when I'm the representation, like I'm the only one on a panel or the only one that's been invited to a conversation who represents like a bunch of different diversity, like mm-hmm. elements, right? Like I'm a woman, I'm, um, you know, I'm biracial, I'm queer. They're like, oh, cool. Like, like we'll have her here to talk on this thing and it will, it will fix, it will fix the thing. I'm like, no, fuck you. Like, I don't like, that's really annoying, but also like you're really oversimplifying the need Mm -hmm. for multiple voices at the table. I'm still one voice. Mm -hmm. You don't get to call it three voices just because I represent three minority groups. Right. Right. And, and I feel like, I feel like that's the thing. Like, it's also like our queerness. Like how many times like someone comes to you and they're just like, dude, like, I thought you were the right person to talk to about this issue that I'm having, like, um, with, you know, my daughter or with my, like, who knows, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and, and you're like the literal only queer person they know. (laughs) Right. Or like, am I the right person or was, am I the only queer person, you know, that's, that's the, that's really fucking annoying. Like mm-hmm. that's the root of your problem. If I'm like one of like twelve like twelve people that are queer that you know, and you come to me because you you know that like I really am the right person, okay, that make that's that's a compliment. Thank you. Right. Yeah, I think that's absolutely the same sort of thing. Like any sort of attitude of treating somebody in a way that you're like reducing them down mm-hmm. to really anything smaller than the totality of who they are, like you're objectifying them because like once you start to treat a human person as less than the like integrated beings that we are, like you've made them into an object. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good point. What what the connection you made, not my riff on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a, a, good that's point, a good point, Jack. Jack. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> love yourself as you love your neighbor, right? <laughs> good point's a good point. <laughs> every now and then i will do that like if i if i have like a real mind-blowing like realization of sorts i'll be like wow i can't believe i just thought of that that was a really good point (laughs) (laughs) but it's a little bit more humbling in the sense of like being like damn (laughs) i thought of that that's one thing that i'm gonna miss when we don't have zoom conversations anymore is that when i can when i think of one of those things i can like discreetly jot it down like (laughs) That was brilliant. Like, I'm going to write that right? down for later. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You should totally do that in person. I think I will. I think I'm going <laughs> to, like, bring that sort of chaotic energy into my, in real life relationships Good. also. Good. Good. I require that of you now in our friendship. <laughs> just have a notebook everywhere we go. We go to yogurt land. You're like, just bring in my notebook just in case. I got to get it joke i have seen you do that you've had yeah, like a good I, joke idea before and you've totally been like i gotta write this down yeah i i 100 do that <laughs> otherwise it will be gone like adhd that oh, bitch will like eat it up totally 100 percent. i remember back in the day when i used to just like wake up with from dreams or something and i'd be like i have to write this down it's just it's essential or it's gonna be gone yeah it's funny i we started and I know that we do this all the all the time. We started talking about one topic and then like it built into something much bigger, mm-hmm. like the the idea the ideas around um, you know, objectification and and um disability and like just like such a beautiful thing. I love that about our conversations and I hope that people stick it out in this conversation about body hair to to dig into the the depths of um of what we've what we've talked about and honestly like i want to hear how other people relate to their bodies mm-hmm. you know um what's something about your body hair that you're proud of yeah that'd be fun to talk about in the on twitter or instagram facebook podcast community group yeah so many places you can post about it guys <laughs> <laughs> no excuses <laughs> You could even just, you know, like for those of you that actually know me and still listen to me on a podcast, you could even text me. <laughs> I want to know, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. So um, to be official here, uh, you can absolutely go on Instagram and Twitter at LavMafia, L-A-V-M-A-F-I-A. You can go to patreon.com slash LavMafia if you believe in what we're doing here and are willing to give us um, one of your Starbucks coffees a month or a couple of Starbucks coffees a month. There's some of you that are doing that and we love it. Uh, it's afforded us the ability to to grow and expand into a website and to um, invest in merch and we're really excited about that. Yeah, for the cost of one Starbucks coffee a month, right? you can support two of your favorite queer <laughs> podcasters. They will get half a Starbucks coffee a month for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, and like, honestly, like you think about like when I've started to, to, to save even just a little bit by not like going, going less to, to one thing. And sometimes it was Starbucks and seasons of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it was super, 
it, it felt really good that that I was like giving to something that really you know was making a difference and mm -hmm. and honestly like we keep doing this even though it's difficult and it's hard to throw ourselves into this for free um because of the stories that we get from all of you mm -hmm. like the couple like of stories a month that we get that it's making a difference to people are like, Oh, I just told my friend about your podcast or I just found out that my friend listens to your podcast and they, they love it. You know, it's, it, it really, it warms our hearts and it doesn't just do that. It makes a huge difference in the reason why we keep doing this. Yeah, absolutely. All right, gorgeous babes, be fierce, keep the faith and don't fuck it. Our amazing music is written and produced by Evan Coles of Springwood Productions. Speaking of Springwood, I just want to thank them for recording, mixing, and producing our audio. Without them, this podcast wouldn't be happening. Springwood is made up of passionate creatives who are really easy to work with and professional, and they really know their stuff. So if you need anything like video or audio production or they can really do anything to help your music or business. Like they got me Taco Bell one time, for God's sake. So go check them out at springwoodproductions.com. 